NFL. Yeah. They, nah, what's up, PAW Mafia? You get JP here, and I'm here with uh, James Allen, a.k.a. Trooper Gilmore. Um, he's been in the a wrestler for, um, you know, almost 30 years now. And I started out in the New England area and has traveled pretty much all over the East Coast and anywhere that he could go. But now runs NWW Extreme, which is running this Saturday night, September 25th in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Uh, get your tickets in advance for 15 bucks, $20 on Saturday. So you'll save 5 bucks by buying them in advance. Trooper, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. JP, thanks for having me on, man. It's been a while. I mean, I know I haven't, you know, I seen you not that long ago, but right. it was a while. So, yeah, but thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're one of those guys that I see here and there, but not, you know, because you're running your own, you're running your own stuff in Rhode Island. I'm up in Mass. Right. Um, we had a bunch of mutual friends. I reached out to a few people, so there'll be some questions. Some of the old school guys that came out, like you were in, and I think every time I get someone that's from like, I'm I'm about your age, but when I was a teenager, it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan, so I had to catch what I could on TV, right, right, everything I could on TV, and I remember, I never went to a Tony Rumble show, but I remember watching every Saturday morning on, um, they had the basic cable show on channel like A23, I think it was. Yeah. So I remember watching all of you guys who later on I got to meet. So thank you. Yeah. Friggin' long time ago. <laughs> now, how did you, like I said, like for me growing up, and I grew up in the city, right, in Boston, it wasn't yeah. cool to be a wrestling fan. I found out years later that a kid I grew up with, Pat Dillon, was a huge wrestling fan going to all those shows I wanted to go to, but we couldn't talk about it. Right, right. Um, did you go through the same type of thing? Uh, no, no. I mean, not. I mean, not really. I mean, I probably dealt with it more in my household growing it up. As far as a kid, you know, being I started when I was seventeen years old, and my mother used to be like, "You're wasting your time, this and that." You know, like uh, she didn't understand. But I tell you what, she understands more now that I run my own company <laughs> and. And all that, but she just thought it was like a waste of time. And you know, I, I you know, I spent a lot of time traveling. You know, like you said, yeah. the East Coast, doing you know, every weekend it was a show. You know what I mean? If I was in Maine, or if I was in Boston, or if I was down in Florida, upstate New York, I mean, it it, it was just constantly, you know. And Trooper Gilmore really sort of had a name to him. Like you guys had the NWA New England tag titles with you and um, Outpatient. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you had, uh, you were the NWA New England heavyweight champ for a while too, weren't you? Yes, I was. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't a long time, but yeah, it was, and that was a match that was actually in, um, uh, Mansfield mass at the Mansfield high school, uh, where they put me over, uh, Curtis slam dog. Okay. And, and then we, I had a, uh, a title match. Against uh, against uh, Tony Rumble, the Boston Bad Boy, and he put me over. And uh, and later on down down the road, I end up uh, dropping the belt to Knuckles Nelson. 
No. Where did you? Who trained you? Uh, I trained. I got trained by Anthony Rufo, Jose Perez. Okay. Uh, guys like that. Uh, NEWA in Rhode Island. Yes. At the time, back in '94, going into '95, uh, New England Wrestling Alliance. So yeah. I got trained by those guys, and the the way that I ended up getting involved in Tony, uh, believe it or not, before I even got involved with these two guys, I don't know, you know, Tiny the Terrible, Half Nelson, a little yes. little yeah. bit of right? but they're the ones that end up taking me. Up to Tony's. Actually, I ended up taking them because they were working on a gimmick with uh, Johnny Rodeo. Yes. Uh, oh, doing man. Uh, the Hollywood the Hollywood Kids. So that's how I ended up starting that. And that was uh, 1996. I believe it was November 1st, 1996 at the Revere Fieldhouse, I believe it was. That's, for those uh, who don't know, Johnny Rodeo managed some guy called Terrorizing, too. Oh, Terrorizing. Known today as Triple H, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, but the the way it all started out. See, back in the day, there was a there was a book with all different wrestling promotions from all over the place. He had the addresses to every company out there in New England, rather wherever. And back then, you didn't really, you know, know any better. You didn't know how to go about things. You actually. Uh, you know, doing things yourself and learning things a different way. But I actually wrote Tony Rumble an actual letter uh, stating that, you know, I was a newly newly trained wrestler looking to break out, you know, do work with different companies, etc. And so when the name came about, you know, after starting to hang out with Tony Rumble for a while, he actually had that letter in his briefcase, saved it. <laughs> Wow. And, I, and he brought it out one day when I was at his house, uh, picking him up. I think I was picking him up for an ECW show uh, down in uh, Connecticut or something like that. When we used to do the setups for ECW, when they used to go to Molly Malone's and the stick yes. down, uh, you know. But that's how I ended up getting started with Tony. He's like, oh, I got this letter, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And I just started showing up with my gear bag every show. And then, oh, before you know it, I was end up a regular you know, uh, mainly, you know, what they call uh, enhancement type, you know, right. wrestler for the independents, uh, putting his bigger name stars over, making them look strong and good and this and that, and, you know, which was fine with me. But, you know, I just worked my ass off over the years, and he finally started doing something good with me. I mean, I, I didn't care. I could have stayed like that, you know. It was just the point of having fun. And, uh, but that's how, that's how it all like started out and stuff, you know, <laughs> I'm watching all the comments on, you know, we're, we're, this is going live over all my, all my social medias right now yeah. and all the show social medias. And I'm watching the comments and one just came in from this guy who I think Saturday, you might have to keep an eye on. Cause he said, he's going to have a new image and he just says, what's up, Jimmy. And that's Chuck Morris. Yeah. I, I think I, you might I, have to I keep know. an eye on him. The board of directors might have to watch that guy. Yeah, it might. He might. Who knows? He probably got a bohawk or something. Nah, he's one of my. <laughs> he's one of my referees. Yeah, Chuck's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's been around. No, absolutely. You you brought up Tiny. Do you want a Tiny story you've never heard, but you were the cause of? Yeah. UFO. I don't know how many years back. Uh it was their Turkey Rumble show in Southie. 
Oh, I, I think out, I, re- I remember this. You dove out of the ring, and I think you broke your wrist or something. Yeah. No, I well, I I end up. Uh, it was a battle royal, and I believe Bo Douglas ended up throwing me out. But I was like in a different, you know, I, I, I was yeah. high up there, and I come down and I end up dislocating my elbow, uh, and I end up going to the hospital. He ended up wanting he ended up wanting my keys to my truck, That's- and. I wasn't having it, and I don't even know what happened. I don't even remember, man, so, because all I remember is I went in an ambulance, Boston EMS. Yep. You know, I mean, I tell you what, I held that page, and people couldn't believe that I was I was all right, you know? Right. No, that's – so me and Mike Canning, uh, Mike used to wrestle as Enigma up in the North Shore, and he did some of Pat shows. Yeah. Um, skinny mask kid. We wound up driving Tiny to South Station so he could catch a bus or a train back. And Mike had a case of beer in the back. And that's Tiny saw that and was like, hey, can I get a beer? And the next thing you know, before Mike even answered, Tiny's running in the back of his SUV, just like walking around drinking beers. It yeah. was pretty funny. It was pretty amusing to like just see. And because it was like, what do you do? And then we drop him off at South Station and he's got to cross the street and he still had his sheet boots on. Yeah. So I can only imagine what they were thinking at South Station when he's trying to buy a train ticket. Uh, yeah. yeah, that dude that dude was a character, but like I said, there's no way in hell that I was giving him the keys to my truck to hang out in my truck. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Him, and his, him and his brother. <laughs> that yes, I think they were both there. Uh, I don't think Half Nelson was there for that. That might have just been Tiny for some reason on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe. But, but yeah, I do get some other people in the chat. In the, in the, I call it the chat. It's not chat. I'm old. Uh, Bobby D. Robert De Niro Demore says, uh, thanks for coming out to UFO. Working with you was great, brother. Um, that was the show you guys did the rental for in Malden. I think he's talking about Bobby D. Yeah, yeah, I, I know Bobby Dad finally got to meet him. He's always, like, commenting, you know what I mean, saying what's up on the Facebook, hit me up in the morning on my live beads when I'm driving my tractor trailer. Yes. Yeah, he's a real good dude, and it was it was cool meeting him up, you know what I mean? Another one, Joe Salenza, who's not a local guy, he just says, hey, guys, James, who were you inspired by to get into the business? Uh, you know, I mean... Evidently, I mean, we we grew up uh, watching wrestling, WWF at the time. Right. You know, and, you know, I I would have to say, you know, just watching it on TV and seeing uh, the different things and stuff. Because, I mean, I started watching wrestling, I think, like 1982, I believe. 78, 79, 80, yeah, like 82, 1982, when I was watching like NWA, AWA, you know, I think it was just the whole, the whole wrestling aspect, but I mean, but as you know, like Hulk Hogan was like the big deal back then, you know what I mean? And then you had like the ultimate warrior and, you know, and guys like that. And I remember, you know, face paint in my, face with my mother's makeup you know what i mean with her <laughs> lipstick and her you know eyeshadow whatever the hell it was you know what i mean but we were, we were doing that and i think i actually remember doing it one time with the old uh 
markers, the little skinny markers. And oh no, I don't remember how it come off, but I, I, I'm pretty sure when I was like eight years old, I, I pulled something like that. That's, oh, that yeah, the permanent markers. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that had to be on your face for a week. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was. Mm. I was trying to scrub it off, scrub it off. And I think I actually went to like probably like fourth grade like that or something. By the way, too, uh, I do. Sorry for your loss. I should have started with that. Um, I know you just lost a friend. I didn't know him. Uh, My first time seeing him was actually at UFO Big Jim. Yeah, yeah. And I know you guys were. He was one of your guys. That's so. Yeah, and yeah, and he was one half of the tag team champions. Actually, this show here, they were actually scheduled to uh, defend the title since winning them back in July. So, uh, he, you know what was like cool? Like I was sitting down um, with a couple of the wrestlers. A couple of the the they came after you, like Steve Beck, who's he doesn't wrestle anymore, and uh, Randito Davis. I was sitting with during the whole show, and. Um, we were commenting that a lot of the guys, like, and granted, I'm a big guy, but a lot of the guys weren't scary looking. A lot of them looked like people I could beat up that I wouldn't be afraid to approach. Yeah. Those two walked in, and they had such a fucking presence to them. I looked at Steve. I said, this is going to be a good match because they look like they're going to beat someone up. Yeah. And just like, and it was, and they did. Um. Yeah, they did that thing, man. They were like, it was like one of them, you know, and it's the, we put together that tag team. You know what I mean? The New World Wrestling Extreme, they they, they were designed by us. You know what I mean? They were going to take, you know what I mean? Take away. I had plans on setting them down to uh, Thunder Championship Wrestling down in Winter Haven, Florida. You know, I had them set to do things, and they had set the defending titles down there, too, yeah. down the road. You know, and it sucks, man, but he was really, you know, just one of those guys that when he come into the locker room, you knew you had a good guy in there. The guy was very friendly. He was the first guy there, last guy to leave. Didn't have a problem setting up, yeah, breaking down, whatever. Whatever you needed, I mean, he was the type of guy that called you, that just, uh, I mean, not call you, but text you, message you, whatever you want to call. Even call, too. But most of the time, just out of the blue. Hey, how you doing? How's everything going? Everything good? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And, you know, he's got to be missed here in New England. And, you know, I don't yeah. know what they know the cause or anything. I, I know no, they said To me, the cause doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, we, yeah, it just sucks. He was young. He was only in his uh, early 40s. Uh, so, I mean, it's... You know, but in our eyes, you know, him passing, you know, we're going to live, we're going to keep this tag team lived on. There might be a new members added to it, okay. but Jim has never lost the tag title. He will always be a tag team champion forever at New World Wrestling Extreme. That's awesome. Now, this guy just came on and said, yo, troop, and that's Jason Delicata. Jason Delgado, what is going on? Jason Rumble. Yes. Another guy from that era that I remember. Yeah. I remember watching, like I said on cable, I remember watching Jason Rage and then meeting Jay years later. Now, since he's here, and he's kind of from the same era, so 
I told you I reached out to a couple of friends, and one of them that I reached out to was Kyle Storm. I said, I got Trooper coming on, and Kyle's memory is, he's, he's taking a few chair shots, you know? But he said to just ask you about the road trips in the Trooper van. Oh, Jesus. And Jason's on about, Jason will know about, yeah, the, the road trips all over the place, man. Fucking snowstorms and you know so you know we it's just it's probably not good to like talk about it you know what i mean but like it it was listen it it was a potty bed it was uh, it was like the mystery machine you know what i mean all right i get yes i do get you yeah just good times you know what i mean I don't know this gentleman, but he definitely knows who you are. Protegeo Fidelis Algardian. I wonder. That's the Guardian of Chaos? That's the Guardian of Chaos. Okay. Big Daddy. Yes, former NWA New England heavyweight champion. Giving you some credit there. Jason saying, you the man and the van is infamous. Is there any road stories you can tell that might be, that wouldn't get anyone in trouble? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean things are legal now. I, uh, no, I could tell, I could tell some Joel Davis road stories. Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Joel Davis stories. I mean, when I first broke into business, he would like get bookings. I mean, I worked down in uh, Long Island, New York, Long Island Wrestling Federation for, uh, Bobby Labotti. And, uh, and, you know, in that particular road trip, we stayed in Queens, okay? And he was big into buying prostitutes, okay? And that was just his thing, okay? And, well, I, I, you know, being young, he's a lot, he was a lot older than I was. But we've had some experience going through uh, New York, peep shows, uh, underground hooker houses uh, back in the 90s. Uh, and I'm talking underground hooker, you know, the old uh, the old metal freaking doors that go down so you don't bust a window and shit. You know, those type of things. Yes. They have them in Boston, probably. But we're in New York and freaking undercover freaking place. You go in there, it's like an apartment. All this shit, all of a sudden. I mean, they got bedrooms, freaking lamps, all kinds of shit. I mean, freaking beds. I mean, it looked like a, like a, just like a big potty house. You know what I'm saying? And this dude, I just sat over there. I ain't doing nothing with any of these freaking girls. All of a sudden, he takes (laughs) off. He's gone for like, like a while. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this guy like they had a cash register there. This guy had like a freaking 357 Magnum fucking oh. on his side. All right. Now, protecting. I got these girls like putting their legs all over me. Come on, Poppy. Come on, Poppy. I'm like, nah, I'm all fucking set. I, I didn't even, I, I just sat there frozen. You know what I mean? Yes. And then uh, there was another one. We went down to Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay. And we worked for, uh, I think it was regional championship wrestling, I believe. This guy Ray, whatever the hell is last. Uh, I don't know if you remember his uh this dude that used to hang out with him all the time. Uh 
Ralphie G. Not Disco. No, no, not Disco. But this dude, Ralphie G, this dude was like a big body. Thought he was like a like a playboy. We were down at some okay. place. He, he, we were down at some like club bar. They had like a freaking like a silo and shit. It was right next to the hotel. This dude's like trying to pick up woman, giving us a freaking room room numbers. All of a sudden, we had a biker gang show up at a hotel room at like three o'clock in the morning. They had one guy that that was standing at the door had his freaking arms wrapped in towels. Okay, for oh, like fucking silences, dude. Yeah. All right, they get in the room. They got this dude pinned up in the freaking corner, telling him, like, you better get the fuck out. We come back here tomorrow. We're going to put a fucking bullet in your head, this and that. And they stole our pizzas because we got Domino's. They stole our pizzas, took the cooler full of beer. We had some dude, chefs, whatever, DZ Gillespie or whatever the hell his name was. They took the pies. They took the pies. That's all they give a fuck about is big old fucking Mama Luke. Look, it just, it was crazy, man. And then we had to back up the car to the door. He wouldn't come out. He rode like, we rode like 20-something miles before he even got it. He was on the bottom of the floor of the car in the back seat with a sheet over him. All right? <laughs> <laughs> dude, it, was, it was fucked up, man. I tell you, dude, I've been on some death roll shit with Joel Davis and his boy. That's the real deal right there. Oh, it was the real deal. Like, the real deal. The dude's, <laughs> like, psychotic. You know? But there's some, like, like, cra- like, crazy stuff. Some crazy stuff. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that doesn't... That sounds like one of those road trips where you, you, you hope you get out of it, and you know if you get out of it, you're going to laugh about it later, but you're not well, laughing at the time. Well, that's the thing. Every time I was with him and we were, like, running the road and stuff, I mean, I even did road trips for, for to work for when I was working with Tony Rumble up to Augensburg, New York, and it'd be a carload of people. It'd be me, freaking outpatient, Bull Montana, freaking... Remember, you know both. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bo Montana and freaking Joel Davis all cruising in a freaking car. <laughs> and they got us almost killed up there in Augensburg, New York. And OP used to fall asleep at the wheel practice. We almost went underneath the fucking pickup truck. Jesus. You know? I love both. It wasn't even not, and I did any time. Any time. It was always something else with somebody else. Put my life in jeopardy and shit, you know? But I think, and I, I say this a lot, I think that's sort of the difference between wrestling then and now. Like, you guys wrestled, and then you just partied. You, right. you know, you work hard, play hard. Right, exactly. And I think. And I, yeah, and that's how it was. I mean, it's totally, it's totally different now. I mean, see, even like back in my day, we're like, when we used to, you know, work for like Tony Rumble, just give an example, you know, even like the setup, the breakdown, everybody pitched in, everybody did. You know what it is? They had hot. We all had hot back then. Nowadays, nobody has hot. They ain't being taught right. There's a few schools out there that are teaching the guys the right way. And I know for a fact, like, like uh, Randy Sean school, platinum fitness yes. team 3d, he sends guys to my shows all the time to yeah. give a hand. All the time. They show up four to six, six to eight. You know what I mean? 
And there's people that shot. They don't even care. They're students. They're getting taught the right way. They can be taught by, uh, you know, Bubba Ray Dudley, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, Rand is such a good guy, and he's been in the yeah. game for a long yeah, time, Yeah, I mean, too. Slick, Slick Wagner, Brown School, t uh, TOS, t uh, Tesla Strength, yes. teaching the guys the, the, the deal. Bo Douglas, you know, yeah. a bell time club. They're teaching, they're teaching the way things were because they were, you know, these guys were trained by Killer Kowalski. And, right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and just these guys these days, they show up to a locker room and it's book me, pay me. You can't even get them to share information about your event. And a guy like me, I spent big dollars oh. to advertise and put their names out there and all this stuff, and they can't even do a simple thing right. of sharing stuff. I know there was a seminar. There was a, a, a Tom Pritchett seminar in Massachusetts Yeah, recently. Not a single local showed up. Every guy that showed up traveled from, like, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, the Monster, the monster Factory, and places like that. Right, yeah. When, when are you going to get an opportunity like that you know what I mean? No, it's just if you want it, you're gonna go that extra mile. You right. know what I mean? And you guys these all guys, they they don't have hot. I don't care. They just they show both themselves, you know. And they they think some of these guys think they're something big. You know what I mean? They show yeah. up. They might have good physique and all that stuff, but you know what? And they can wrestle, and that's all good. You know what I mean? But when it comes down to it, they have no heart. They don't know the true value of professional wrestling. Who, who out of, like, I want to get onto the positive side of stuff. Who, what new student or new wrestler um, would you say right now has that in them? What as far as. Well, to, to show up early and what's, do what's well, like as far and, as my events go. Yeah, yes, in general. Oh, I mean, guys that I come across, like guys like Jim Anderson, he was he was that guy. Ryan Frost, he was he's that guy. You know what I mean? Yep. You got guys, you got uh, like guys like Randy Sean, you know, uh I mean I can keep going. I mean, there's like I mean with my I, guys, you know, I mean I got guys like the Tokyo Monster, yes and stuff like he, that. He travels all the way up from what, Florida? Yeah. I mean, I he'll be here. Right. I mean, he'll be here tomorrow. You know, That's... he's my boy. We've been friends for 20 something years. I, I bring right. him up. He's good talent, NWA, former NWA world champion. Yes. You know, he'll be up tomorrow. He'll be giving me a hand. You know what That's... I mean? I got I got a couple of my ref guys that give me a hand. I got a couple, you know, just the regular guys that just you know, started hanging around and now they're a yeah. part of the crew when they show up. But as That's... far as a lot of the workers go, it's like they, they bolt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's exactly what I what I was. I was a kid who I mean, I wasn't a kid, I was it was two thousand four, so I was thirty. I started doing this stuff and then I, I hooked up with Sheldon and that's how I met with Matt and Kyle and I just started helping out at the shows and I helped out at pretty much every show I went to, no matter who it was, if I could give a hand. Yeah, I did. You know, something, JP, honestly, I've seen you do a ring. I've seen you pick yeah. up a side of the ring and the wood <laughs> and the ropes and this and that. I've seen you on multiple occasions. Yeah, I can't do it as much anymore. I'm a little older, but right. I've done it, you know, and it, it's to the point where I, I've, 
I got a little bit of respect now where I can show up sometimes and where I can't help out. And sometimes it's just supervising the kids and showing them how to do it because right, I know right. most of the rings in the area. You know, and that's the thing, guys. If you show up and, you know, if you if people show up at 10 a.m. Saturday and say, hey, Jimmy, how can I help you out? Are they going to have to pay to get into your show? No, absolutely not. Right. So you just saved 20 bucks. Right. And the but thing the thing is, is I, you have to stay till the end. You have to stay right. till that last absolutely. piece is on the truck. Yeah, and that's what I tell people, you know, and here's the thing, right? Not only that, people showing up. I buy lunch for the guys. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yep. So, see, all these guys come in, and I do it all the time. It's, you know, pizzas or whatever the case may be. Like the last show, I bought like five, six pizzas. Yeah. You know, for all these people that helped out, they had lunch. I served them lunch. You know what I mean? Goes a long I mean, way. I'm not asking for the free, uh, free deal. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, it's like, that's why I try to put it out there to my friends and stuff that, you know, coming up. I mean, I, I have a decent crew, but it's not really any of the workers. It's just a few of the workers that will help. And it's guys that I could say, well, these are my friends because I asked them like the last time, hey, can you guys stay and give a hand? And there were no problems. Right. But there ain't none of them. A majority of them ain't going to offer. You know what I'm right. saying? And, it, you know, it's like, like I told you back in my day, you know, we got to the building. I was one of the first guys always there. Yep. You know what I mean? Before the ring would even show up, like especially like uh, Good Time Sports Emporium. You know yes. what I mean? Oh man! The I ring showing up, we were there setting up the thing. I I would I'd be like five hours early for the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep that that building, that, the history in that, that building. I went that extra mile. You know what I mean? And I still do it. And I'm the promoter. I, I have to juggle everything around between setting up, setting up the ring, setting up this, setting up that, running the show, making sure the door's ready to go, you know what I mean? Making sure yeah. the book's ready. Yes. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I got guys that help me out, like Brickhouse Baker, all right? Yeah. He, he's, he's been a name that's been in New England yeah. forever. And he's my second, my second-hand guy. You know, he's a guy, actually, him and his son, Evan Baker, actually – Love uh, those kids. Uh, there at nine, ten o'clock in the morning, get yep. the ring together and getting things rolling. You know, and I love those. I love that whole family. Yeah, they're they're all awesome people. You know what I'm saying? Point no. blank. And they, yeah. like Brick is like my right hand, like guy though. You know what I'm saying? I made right. him like my my chief operating officer. He's the one that helps me in the back. You know, it's not just me, but. You know, he handles it. We talk about the card. We do this and that. But he, a majority of like get the ring rolling and getting stuff. They're not scared to do things. You know? yeah, yeah, the comments coming in right now. Uh, I'm going to just say Guardian of Chaos because um, I know I can't pronounce that whole name right now. Sorry, man. But Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, Mario and Romo. Roma setting up. Enough said. Right. So you got Mario Mancini and you got Roma setting up. There's Paul Roma setting up shows. Right. You got promoters you know. and bookers setting up stuff. Jason says Rikishi will do it. He do the ring. He's been there to witness it. Yeah. Bobby D shows up at two p.m. and he's there till midnight. And Bobby D, for those who don't know, is an older gentleman, to say the least. And he does. He'll lift as much as some of the young kids. Right. I mean, I've seen multiple. Big name guys doing stuff. I yeah. have with yeah. my own eyes. So the thing is like this. If they can do it, these young guys can do it. It's yeah. sad. 
You know? And I think you're right, though. You said it earlier. I think that comes down to the training. A lot of the schools don't have rings, and they don't teach the guys on how to get bookings. You know, because they either want the guys on their promotion and their promotion only, so they're not teaching them how to get the bookings elsewhere because, Jimmy, again, somebody shows up at 10 a.m. and they they got their suitcase with them and say, hey, Mr. Allen, I know I'm not booked, but I'd like to help out with the ring and maybe if you have a spot. If you have a spot, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what, chances are he's probably going to get on the show. You know, so... Oh, I've seen that happen a lot. I've seen that happen a real lot at like various promotions. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not that time, but maybe the next show. Right, exactly. You know, Jason saying he's put up and taken down the ring on his own a few times. That sucks. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there, done that too, man. No. I know what Jason's talking about, Jason's. <laughs> but, you know, like, like even when we used to work together all the time, we would do it together. Matter of fact, I mean, even promoting-wise, I used to drive around in that white van, okay? <laughs> Me and Jason Rumble, large ice coffees, you know what I mean? And we used to hit freaking telephone poles. We used to just pull right up to the telephone. He'd stick his arm out with a staple gun. We'd be stapling fucking posters, you know? We were, we were doing it the old school way. We didn't have it. Back in those days, it wasn't even really the internet. You but know? that's the thing is, like to me, if you just hit the internet now, you're still leaving that gorilla stuff behind. Like you're leaving something on the table. Right. I think the gorilla stuff still has to be there. The the phone poles, the the hit in the media. Well, here, here's the thing with that, all right? And I'll give you know this is my opinion on it, and I've seen it happen. You know, going out doing. Uh, 11 by 17 posters, color, nice posters, you know, yeah. kind of like waterproof, almost kind of like waterproof. They don't, they get wet a few times. They're not going to, nothing's going to happen, you know, going around, putting them on telephone poles. People go by, they rip them. All right. That's... You put them in stores, you know, in the windows, you put them up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They tell you a good song mm-hmm. again. Right. You put them up, you go back two days later, they're gone. You okay. know, uh, my my thing is it's it's good if people learned how to mind their business, but it's not good because you waste X amount of dollars on this stuff when you're printing out a hundred to two hundred posters and doing the footwork. Okay, so nowadays doing it that way, I don't think uh, it will help you draw. Okay? okay, what I found what I found in my a time of advertisement because I used to do that for years and years and years, even way before social media. Because I, I mean, I joined. I think it was like 2012. I think I, I think I did it 2012, 2000. Uh, between 10 and 12, I joined Facebook. Can I so stop you, know you for one second? Because any promoter that's listening should be like taking notes right now because Jimmy sells out his building month after month. Sorry, go ahead. So my my whole thing is like this. The, the, the poster out there, it used to be a great thing. But the people, the problem is people don't mind their business. They take shit off. You put stuff in stores, they take it off. So my thing of advertisement, I spent X, I set a budget. I set a budget on sponsored ads on Facebook, which Facebook's okay. connected to Instagram. 
All right. And I do it. I start I, right now. I got three going. I got the poster. I got our commercial, which has been on um, uh, USA, TNT. And actually, it was just on ESPN last Sunday. So what I do is I start three. I do the poster, the event page and the commercials that I that I have produced. So I start one a week apart from each other. So they're rolling right now. Uh, my poster itself on our sponsor because i can only see the numbers uh, because i might you know what i mean my my thing but right now and word up straight up numbers we've reached on the poster itself post of people reached all right almost twenty three thousand. wow all right and the the uh the actual commercial is at over uh like twelve thousand. And the the actual event page is over like seventeen thousand. Now you so, you've sold that building out. Like from what I've always heard, it's sort of legendary. Like you're selling four and five hundred tickets. Uh, but I mean, at the beginning of the time when we first started there back, because we've been there eleven years, we've been there since two thousand and ten. All right, we've had the four hundred, the four hundred and fifty people. Um, then for a little bit of time, it dropped down, and we were doing ninety. We did one hundred and fifty, um, and then we were we were scrolling up to the two fifty mark, and then we did three a couple times, three and a half, and then what happened was when the pandemic hit in two thousand nineteen. Okay, and uh, when that rolled around, and two thousand twenty started co- coming out. Well, two thousand twenty. It was last uh, last September. We were the only wrestling company yeah. in the United States that ran an outdoor event. And I, I went through all kinds of channels. I mean, this thing got because, and I know who it is. I'm not going to mention names, but it's actually a local worker from Massachusetts uh, that caused some heat because I think it was the jealousy thing. And got far as the newspaper Channel 12 News, as far as the governor of Ramondo's desk, all right, I had to go through the DOA, the whole nine yards, past the channels, end up writing up a, a big, uh, the Providence Journal guy was actually going to write a shit, shitty story on me. And it actually turned into a, a positive where the headline was, promoter says he's COVID compliant. Okay, it was an right. awesome story, big deal. We did 155 people in a pandemic. All right, everything was socially distanced. We did temperature checks, this, that. So we turned around. We ran the very next month. Now I don't normally do month to month. I usually try to do every seven weeks. That show from uh, last September was actually scheduled for May, but the pandemic had moved it. You know what I mean? Okay. So I, September was already scheduled. So when September rolled around, we did the same thing: temperature check. You know, sanitizing everything, this, that. You know what I mean? We had everything, right. like, right on point. And we had 193 people. That's... So, and then... Uh, I've uh, seen the companies non-pandemic. Uh-huh. I've seen companies non-pandemic be happy with crowds that size, so... Yeah, and, and the thing is, so we would just... And that's how the build actually starts. So we were the only ones running out. We had people not only just traveling from Rhode Island. We had people traveling from New Hampshire, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts. We had like four states. We even actually had tickets sold in upstate New York. All right. 
And it's been like that since last September, and it's been like that till now. And the uh, July show that that we did, we did 200 and – no, not July show, the May show, we did 269. The July show that just rolled around, we did 388. Wow. All right? And now we – we're going to see what happens this Saturday. But I I think with the meet and greet with Rakishi, we got Sabu coming in doing autographs and et cetera yeah. uh, and all that stuff. We and the probably meet and greet is what, 25 bucks? What's that? The meet and greet with Rakishi is what, $25? Uh, meet, yeah, it's $25 54. for uh, photo ops. Or if you want your, you know, it's 25 bucks flat at, for photo ops or. Uh, you know, if you want your pitch and tickle one of an autograph, and if you get a combo, it's a fifty dollar value that we're giving for forty dollars. So if you, you want go. something signed, you want a belt, you want, you know, anything signed, an action figure, this, that, or whatever, you know, it it, it's a combo at forty. I mean, we got two hundred and fifty eight by tens uh, actually printed right now. Um, so we're hoping we, you know, we get You're rid right. of them all. Um, but, I mean, if we don't, I mean, it's a flat rate for them, and that's cool with me, and it's like money in the bank later. You know what I mean? Because regardless, all their pitches are going to be signed. Yes, that's – that that's – um, and that's the thing is, guys, why not get it there and see it instead of buying it right. later on, you know? Well, see, a lot of people said – well, I think some people, like, got it confused because, like – what I did was because I've never done an actual meet and greet before, and okay. I definitely never did a meet and greet with somebody as big as a superstar coming in. Right. You know, the Samoa Dynasty, you know what I mean? I mean, people know who Rakishi is, you know? So yes. the thing is, like, I looked around, like, the Wrestling Universe store out in New York, Long Island, Jack Balin, you know, he does a lot of meet and greets and stuff. So I justify the pricing the way that is. And then I kind of figured out, I says, well, you know what? I don't want to charge people to uh, to physically go in there and meet them, but they got to buy an advance ticket for right. the event to actually get in there because you're going to get a wristband and all that stuff. And then you can purchase what you want. You know what I mean? Right. Because some people had like, oh, why didn't you charge like 20 bucks to get in there to say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not trying to friggin' skin people. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But with someone like Rikishi, you kind of have to because you got to, right. you know, let's face it, there's a little more payroll involved. Right, a little bit more payroll involved. But as far as the, the event, the wrestling event itself and the actual meet and greet, it's actually two different events. It's set that way. It's paid out that way. You know right. what I'm saying? So, yeah. but like I said, I didn't want to charge an actual entry fee to get in there and meet when they're going to actually buy pitches. They're going to, uh, I mean, they can't get in unless they buy a Raising Hell Advanced Wrestling ticket for the that, event that itself. So, it's Raising Hell, good. is it Raising Hell 3? Raising Hell 3. Now, we had a couple more comments coming in. One is from actually a mutual friend who's completely out of the wrestling business. And Katie Durfee Khan is just saying, hey, I know you guys. I know you guys did a show for her um, deceased husband uh, a few yes. years ago in Weymouth. Yes. Katie's yeah, an we, old, old friend. Yep. I, was, I know her very well. Yeah, we did it for our husband, Kevin, that passed away. Yeah. And we did a, it was for like the hockey, uh, hockey 
thing. I, I don't remember exactly, but I know it had something to do with the hockey team or the hockey. You know, do it was a like hockey a, game every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, exactly. But we did that, and it was actually good turnout. And they yeah. had a lot of good uh, support uh, from their friends and their family and just regular wrestling fans. Everybody came out. I mean, we did like 400 yeah. people plus. Yeah, I was in that. I was in the building for that one. Yeah, I mean, we did it twice. I think we did three three shows there, I think. It, I okay. Maybe it was two, but it, both shows were over 400. That was, that was a good, that building is gone now. It's like a breakfast place now or something. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the thing is, too, even that place back then when we ran shows, that actually got, like, Sundays and stuff, they did yeah. breakfast there, and their breakfast was awesome. Is that right? Yeah. That's... Let's see. What else do we got? We got uh, Matt Dog Matt Kelly saying he met Rikishi a few weeks ago in Butters, New Jersey, and he was great. That's such a great guy. So there you go. There's a, a kid. Matt Dog's a good kid. He listens to us a lot, and he does his own little thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. And Ryan, I'm not going to pronounce your last name right, so I'm not going to butcher it, but he said he... He was a huge part of the action at the last NWWE show. Was teasing Honest Dave with the chair, and Davy Cash was thrown over the top, over the top of him. Yeah, I you know. Ryan, Ryan was the... actually at I think the last three shows, if I'm not mistaken. You gotta the be last two, anyway. And uh, he just moved down to Florida. Now he's gonna be. Uh, watching wrestling with uh, full impact and probably uh, Thunder Championship wrestling, but he's a big fan and he, he's a good supporter of the Indies. And I met him, and he's a cool dude. Now you got somebody, you got one of the wrestlers who's on your show, who's currently on his way up from Florida, right? Did I see that video right on your Facebook? Yeah, yeah, we got. Uh, well, and, and that's the thing. If he actually makes it, it's boots. All right. What happened was he had a we we sent our champion Marco Santiago down a few months ago. He wrestled and wrestled him. Somehow Boots won the title. I you know and I don't even know, but the referee reversed the decision. So he figures you know and he says if I get up there, I want a title shot. So that's what we did. And he's hitchhiking. He actually made it up. And if you check out the videos, he's actually made it up to. Buffalo somehow, uh, <laughs> hitchhiking all the way through, and if you check Whoa. out the videos, so not he actually was on the made of the uh, made of the mess taking a bath like what a bar but, or but he uh, made it from Florida. We're here to Buffalo. Yeah, somehow he somebody <laughs> from Pittsburgh got him to Buffalo, and now he's somehow yeah. coming from Buffalo to Rhode Island. <laughs> it seems like he missed a step. He missed the big step. <laughs> but, I, I, I mean, it. I give him credit. But, I mean, if he makes it, he gets a title shot. Simple as that. That's, you know? There you go. So, we'll have to see what happens Saturday. The fans will have to be there and see if that's what happens. Now, the Irish whip, who was actually Big Joe, who would have been here tonight, but he's actually in the hospital with COVID, mm-hmm. is in the, he just commented and said, is there a town or place um, – is there a town or place you would like to put on a show? So I know Woonsocket's is home, but is there somewhere outside of Woonsocket that you would like to go? Well, you know what? I mean, I want to start trying to like get up into Massachusetts. Uh, 
it's tough because the thing is like this is like so much I can do as far as finding buildings because you know I've been trying to get people to do stuff like helping locate buildings where they can actually make money to get right. me a building. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about advertisement. They don't have to. I'm not saying go on and, and do legwork, this and that. They just get me into the right spot. Nice. And they get me in there, and we, we pay a percentage, and it averages out to just to get me the event locked in the place is 250 bucks. You know? But nice. I want to travel all over. I want to bring the show over. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure, and I feel, and I'm confident, and being that I got the, the experience behind me and the help that I have around me, I mean, I can give any place, any time uh, a show that they're going to remember. That's it. And that's the, oh, see, Rhode Island, Rhode Island used to be really similar to Massachusetts where it was, and I call it alphabet soup because there's a hundred companies that run. And that's sort of the problem is, like, you don't want to go into a building that someone else is running because if they put on a show that maybe isn't up to par with yours, then they don't remember that it was NWW Extreme that put on the good show and ABC that put on the bad show. They just remember they went there and they saw a show they didn't like. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, um, I actually had a place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, they're kind of like, I don't really, I, I follow more what, like, what I do and, like, you know, like, what I run. I don't really look at to where people's running. I just see stuff, okay, this guy's running a show. I don't look at exactly where it is. And we actually, I actually had a thing where I contacted the, uh, the American Legion. Uh, no, I don't know if it was American Legion or BFW in Bristol. Okay. And FCW, I guess, runs it. I didn't know that. And I was talking to the person in charge of the hall on Messenger, and they were, like, pushing the idea for me to actually go and run shows there. Told me how much the building rental was, this and that. But then they turned around and contacted J.C. Mox, which is the promoter for any right. NCW. And he had to contact me like I was trying to steal his building. And it's like, listen, dude, I didn't even know you were running there. I said, all I'm trying to do is branch out. I'm not going out of my way to try right. to grab buildings from people. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, so, I follow the NCW product. I, I like JC, but I associate them with a certain town. I don't, you know, and that it's not Bristol. That's for sure. Right. It's Denham. Right. I mean, I don't have no problem. I mean, we don't got no, like, no heat, but I had no. to, like, set them straight and kind of, like, tell them what the scenario is. But I did let them know that. You know, that we're branching out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, the right. thing is, I'm not going to go out of my way to go grab people's buildings. But if I turn around and get a phone call from somebody and they they want me to come in and do an event or a fundraiser or this and that, I mean, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah, I'm going to let. I'm going to let them know about it, uh, what the scenario is. Right. But I'm not going to pass things down and not do it because they might be in that town. It might not be the same building, but it could be the town. And if you're running, if you're looking to do a fundraiser guys, pro wrestling is a great one. And when you do an event, like I've seen NWW's production, when they put on an event, 
your the people that go to your fundraiser are gonna feel like they're at an event. You right. got the you just added that whole new um the backdrop and that whole new entranceway. It, it's that looks insane. Well, and that's just like I mean, that's just like us. I mean, you were kind of like scattering out a little bit, so I don't know what you were. You sound like more robotic. No, sorry <laughs> about that. But uh, no. but anyways, but I mean, just our production our, uh, on our end of things. I mean, I get compliments all the time yeah. about our uh, lighting, uh, this and that. I mean, I mean, I'm actually a promoter that actually invents thousands of dollars. You yes. know what I'm saying? And I want the best looking entrance because it's not even just myself. But I want every guy or every girl or whatever or staff member, anybody that's involved in my product that's going to come out of something, you know, that's going to make them happy. They're going to make them feel like, you know, they're the, they're the bomb. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's my that's my thing. But I want a product that's going to sell to the consumer, you know? And, and that's the thing, man. I, my, my thing right now, I'm pushing – high school fundraisers, athletic booster clubs, middle, little league baseball, whatever the case may be, you know, I'm looking to raise funds for people and right. and put the, the fund right into it. You know what That's I mean? It. But the number one thing is, is promoting fun filled family entertainment. That's the, that's the name of the tale. You know, that's... I mean, we're, we're named new world wrestling extreme. We're not new world wrestling extreme for violence or, and stuff like that. We're extreme fun. You right. know it's, it's a, wrestling is an extreme sport, the same way BMX. Exactly. But exactly. But sometimes, you know, people look at the name New World Wrestling Extreme. They look right. at it as, oh, is that, is that, is that, you know, a lot of people ask me, is it kid friendly? Is it family? We're family entertainment. That's what that's, we do. It's just the name. That's our, that's our buzz. You know what I mean? Yeah. This logo, then, this logo right here was done by a sports identity uh, group out of South uh, East Boston, okay, called Neo Hatch. Okay. All right. The, the company is no more there. They're in San Francisco. I took over the name and I added extreme to it because this was my idea. You know what I mean? Really? I don't want anybody like grabbing anything. You know, it was my design. I called it New World Wrestling because it was new and it was world wrestling. That yep. was, it was simple. But you just put it together and it sounds cool. You know, but this was a custom, a custom logo. You know what I mean? So, you- I mean, Everything I wear on a daily basis, it's either hats. Yes. You know, these are my Your business shirts. You know, my truck, well, my old truck. I got a 21 now, which is going to get done very yeah. soon. Uh, yeah. But the truck will be done. We're planning on getting a brand new 24-foot uh, trailer. Uh, that's going to be all done up. You know what I mean? That's... So when you're coming down the highway, you're going to know who we are. You know, simple as that. But I plan on what my goal is to run throughout New England eventually. You know what I mean? But right yes. now, my, I'm in Rhode Island. I want to stop basing out into Massachusetts next. That's my goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it will happen. It might take time, but it will happen. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. 
Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. Guys, you know damn well when you're traveling and you don't have enough pockets, there's not enough room in your bag, you still got something, just clip it on. And you're good to go, whether it's going through the TSA checkpoint, going from the car to the hotel room, or you're, you know, backpacking through the Elks. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer you, our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10. Or go into the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Come on in. I have to do one thing. We give away an action figure every week, so I got to just spin a wheel. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take me one second. Um, we give away uh, every week on Twitter. You, they have to retweet our tweet, and uh, we put their name on the wheel. There's usually anywhere between 20 and 30 names, so they get a good shot of winning. This week it's a Dusty Rhodes uh, elite action figure, so it's not, you know, basic. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to shake the names up a little bit. Spin the wheel in a. I should have. If I was thinking, I would have tried to find a Rikishi figure. I wasn't thinking when I did this. Because that would have went. But I'll tell you what, I'll announce it now that as long as I can find a Rikishi figure, it'll be a Rikishi figure next week. And Ben Az Bosmith, I think he won recently too. So good job. Thank you for the uh, support. Thanks, Jimmy. Congratulations. Are you going to do just send me a message with your address and I'll get that sent out to you? Well, I, I tell you, since you like giving stuff away, I like giving stuff away too. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. So what I want to do is if somebody out there can literally say, Oh, well, tell tell the people of what year New World Wrestling Extreme was established. Wow. And if they do and they mark it correct, they win a, a free pair of tickets for this Saturday's okay. Raven Hell. Okay. That information's out there. I know that information's out there because I saw it today. Yep. Uh, let's see Guardian says 2009. Um, Bobby D says 1994. Big Joe in the hospital says 2010, but I think he'll be in the hospital still anyway. Uh, let me see if I can find that. I know I had the answer up before. Yeah, Why? now you you started with NWA New England. And, like, what was that like? Because Tony Rumble seemed like he was a larger-than-life figure. What, the beginning of the time? Like, like what, working with yeah, Tony, when you, you mean? When you first started there, and like you said, you wrote him that letter. Yeah. And when you actually went to go meet him, like, what was that like? Uh, very, very cool. Very, he used to like to break my balls all the time. You know, used to call me Rubberneck, this and that. Tony Rumble used to actually, we became really close. And he actually used to call me 
to have my mother wake me up and she'd be like, Tony Rumble's on the phone. Or Rumble's on the phone. Hey, come and get me up here, Robin Eck. We got to go do things. Go to ECW. Set up. Blah, blah, blah. Bring your gear bag. You know, on a, on a couple separate occasions, I had my gear bag, you know, being a backup for ECW. Nice. And that, I mean, it never happened, but I was there and I got told to bring my gear, you know? Yeah. And that's how I actually I actually learned from him is bringing gear. Everywhere you go to a show, bring your gear. Right. Always. You know? And that's how I like, you know, but he he was just a great, great dude. He was an awesome promoter. He was a straight up serious person. And if you didn't know him, you would think, you know, you'd be looking at him like, wow, this dude's a bad motherfucker. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, one day he was a fair dude. You didn't nobody played with him. There was nobody okay. that 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 you know tried to play games or you were you fucked. You know what we, I mean? We actually had somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago that still had one of his belts and still claims to be the champion. Oh yeah, uh, Jeff Ludy, the uh, the leprechaun Jeff Ludy. Oh yeah, he actually brought them. He has the belt hanging on his wall in his house still. Oh, shit. And he brought it down. He showed it on the show. And it was like, because I remember, like I said, I remember watching the show. To, so that to me, like, that's not a belt you went on WWE.com and bought. That's the belt he won. That's the belt that was used, you know? Oh, I, was, I, remember, I remember the Irish Leprechaun, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. Yeah, he was the the midget world rest, the midget world champion, or something to that effect. Yeah, you know what? I actually uh, friends with him on social media. Yeah. Now that I know who we, now I know who he is. Now, such a, I met him, and I I met him a couple of weeks after we had him on the show. I met him up at uh, King Richard's Fair. Nice, nice kid, nice guy. Yeah, and I wish him well. I know he's going through some stuff, so. Yeah, I've seen that actually today about something, but. <laughs> and Pro uh, Guardian says, the boss, now, no one's got the answer right. There's been a few answers 2010, 1998, 2003. I haven't seen what, what I think. What did you say? Who said what? Uh, I got 2010, 1998, 2003. Who said that? 2003 was Ryan. Ryan who? Uh, Ryan Lefort, Labor. He's correct. So maybe, maybe if Ryan can come up, he can pick up Boots on the way somewhere. Yeah. Who knows where Boots will wind up next? And a couple of free tickets. Yeah. What's that? See, I had it as... It, uh, I'll tell you where I looked. I looked on Wikipedia, which I know is always the most accurate place to look for stuff, but that listed it as 2007. No, we opened up uh, December 6, 2003 was the first event. But at the same time, it was the first event. But see, see the thing is, the way New World Wrestling started off, we actually started off with a guy named uh, Chris Pender. All right. Okay. His cousin was Paul Pender, the boxer. Okay. Okay. They're actually, he was from Southie. Okay. Really? Chris Pender. And he, he was a, he was a boxing promoter, a fight, uh, you know, fight uh, card match. The whole thing is where we started. And I met him through Mike Brunson. 
right? Okay. Marquis, Marcus yeah, right? Big, big Mike. Good dude. Yeah. And so that started. We started off in 2002. The actual, we were doing boxing. We were doing at a place called Skate Key in Bronx, New York. And the way we were operating, I was handling the wrestling part of it. They were handling the boxing. So it would be one month at Skate Key, which is an indoor skating palace type of deal. One month was going to be boxing. One month's going to be wrestling, boxing, wrestling, boxing, wrestling. You know? And I ran the wrestling brand a bit. And that's why I was just New World Wrestling back in the day. Uh, But that didn't go over. That was lost. I wanted to keep the thing rolling. He ran one show with me back in, like I said, December 6, 2003. And then after that, I took completely over uh, because it was mine anyways. It was my built name, my, my everything. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, so, and that's how it all really started. You know, right. it started really back, you know, kind of like a vision. Now, you know, and Joe- actually, it was, it was actually talked about in a nightclub in Boston. Okay. Um, but that that's how it, yeah. And like I said, December 6, uh, 2000, 2003 was the, uh, the first new world wrestling extreme event well, new world wrestling event. And we started with nothing. We didn't have a ring. We didn't have light. We didn't have sound. We didn't have Jack, nothing. Um, we started from the bottom. And we worked our way up to the top, and now we got everything. And now yeah. I got more stuff than what I need, <laughs> and I still got stuff coming. That's Joe. Uh, me and Joe are both from Southie, and uh, he just said he trained with Chris Bender at the uh, the McDonough Gym, which is yep. the police athletic league where you got where both threw you over the ring. Right. That same building. So he trained with Chris Pender there for a while in Southie. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, we are, we're running like we're over. Can you run down the card for us for Saturday? Yeah, I can uh, run the card down. Uh, I'll give you a few matches. Uh, the first match, we know, as we know, with the heavyweight title is on the line. Boots coming back for his rematch. If he uh, makes it. If he makes it against Marco Santiago, the uh, current NWW Extreme Champion, yeah. uh, we have. Uh, oh my God! Right on! I got my book in the other room, but we got a mixed tag team match: the uh, women's champion Novakoma Talia and the openweight uh, champion Vincent Abruzzi taking on Dan the Man and Big Juicy. Uh, that's a match there. We got uh, the great Nuka Kojima. Taking on Randy Sean, the Platinum Playboy. Uh, man, I can keep going, man. I tell you, what we were supposed to have the tag team championship match. Uh, that's actually changed now because of the passing of yeah. Big Jim Anderson. Uh, Ryan Frost now will take on Logan Black. Uh, I mean, we have like nine, ten matches. I mean, I just don't have it all in front of me. Uh, but they can check out. Uh, check out our Facebook page, New World Wrestling Extreme, check, you know, um, and all that. We got the meet and greet with uh, WWE Hall of Famer, Rakishi, 3.30 to 6.30. Gates open at 6.30 for the event. We got Sabu will be in the house. He'll be signing autograph. He can get the 8x10s and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's going to be a hot night of action. You got uh, Tokyo Monster Kahagas coming up for yep, Sammy Diaz, Tokyo, too. So. Yep, exactly. The Tokyo Monster Kahagas right. taking on Sammy Diaz. 
Uh, I so, mean, the, the con is I mean, just like lit. It's fire. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hopping in night. And like I said, yeah, you never know what other surprises are gonna that are gonna come right. about. It's but, sort I mean, of a. You even got. Um, I know he was in the wrestler movie there, the Reinforcer. The Reinforcer, Andrew Anderson taking on uh, Fox Venue. Yeah, uh, Fox Vinny is another one that's been around forever in the New yep, England area. Yeah, so. he's been around. He's been on Impact. He's been on yes. AEW, it's a stacked, Doc. The card really is stacked. Yeah. You got Shay. You got, um, I don't see Davey and Chris on this one, but, um, you know, like you said, Devin Baker, who Devin doesn't do a whole lot of, the Bakers don't do a whole lot of shows anymore. No. Guys. I mean, Devin Baker will be taking on Shea Cash. That's another one there. That's um, going to be those two. I, I like when matches like that happen um, because those two aren't going to go light on each other. You're going to watch two kids fight in the ring. Right. And the thing Straight is, they're, up. Two, they're two big dudes. Yes. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of my guys, a lot of people that come in and work for me, I try to get the biggest, you know what I mean, of the best. Right. You know what I mean? Of all possible. But anybody that, you know what I mean, I have that's, you know, working through my my doors. I got a good core of guys that I that I work with now. Right. A lot of guys uh, from, you know, Connecticut and stuff like that. We actually got a newcomer coming in. His name is Dino Mike. He's coming from uh, uh, New York. He's actually a uh, student of... Uh, the SATs, Jose and Joe okay. Massimo, uh, from the Lotus School. Uh, so he'll be making his debut. He'll be going against Sean Lita. All right. And uh, I mean, we we, we, yeah. we we use a lot of people from all over the place, you know. That's... And the thing is, I've kind of like made my, my own um, – kind of like my own roster because I don't do like a lot of guys from the local. It's not because I don't like them or anything like that, or I don't have no interest or anything like that. As simple fact is that I try to make my shows look different because right. everybody works for everybody. And I'm not trying to look like everybody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because what happens is you got people say, well, I don't have to travel, you know, that far to go see this guy or that guy or whatever. But, you know, now, nowadays, for the last four shows, you know, we got people traveling four or five different states. And that's not, right. and I only know that because when the ticket sale come through, I see where they're coming from. You know right. what I mean? So, I mean, we're getting people driving two and a half, three hours to come into a New World Wrestling Extreme event now. You know? Yeah, you got to, you know, your gates open at 630, but the meet and greet at 330 with Rikishi, if you yep. got tickets for that. Um, at 870 River Street, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, the American Legion Post 85 Pavilion. Right. It's this Saturday, September 25th, guys. Right. Um, if tickets are $15 in advance at nwwextreme.com, $20 at the gate. So you want to make sure you get your tickets in advance. Um, you got today, tomorrow, and Friday. Uh, Today and tomorrow, probably right. Saturday tickets are well, probably Saturday $20. They, can get, they can get tickets right up until the gate opens, and then once okay. that happens, it's going to be twenty dollars at the gate. So you want to make sure you get your tickets early. Save that five bucks, right? And you, but use the five dollars inside, guys. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a you know. Buy some food. Right, and they got the outdoor bar for people that like to have a beverage or two, or if they want sodas, waters. They're going to have foods there. 
you know, which is wicked good, good food. And the American Legion is cheap beers. Cheap beers, draft beers. Everybody knows the draft beers. You know, even their even their uh, wicked beverages, they're they're cheap too. You know what I mean? That's... But like they they got all kinds of stuff going on there. As a matter of fact, they just had the parking lot. The whole thing repaved a couple of days ago. Just got striped, all that stuff. Brand new pocket lot. You know you what go. I mean? So and things are going to get a lot easier as far as pocket goes because now people will know what spot they're in. That's – there you go. So, guys, Raisin Hell 3, NWW Extreme. You know, of course, card and card, the card is subject to change, but, you know – other than the one change, it look, this is a stacked card. I mean, come on. There's no reason not to be there. Well, you know, one thing I will say this because I want to support your independence. All right. Anybody out there that's running that night, I wish them good luck. Do your yeah. thing. You know, you got uh, uh, All-Star Wrestling down yeah. out in uh, New England, All-Star Wrestling out in Rockland. You know, I wish them good luck. You got NCW down in Bristol. Good luck with them. You know, and then we're going to do our thing, man. We we want yeah. everybody to succeed because we got to support each other to right. uh, to make things work. And, that, and that's the way it goes. And I know I know New England All-Star tries not to do that. And this show was actually originally supposed to have a different date for them. Right, right, right. So I mean, it, it happens. You know what I mean? It's fine. You know what I mean? It's just like. They're doing our their thing. We're doing ours. Right. You know, I've never ran into a bad situation with these guys, right? That they've never dogged uh, me. They never done anything. They seem like a great bunch of guys. Yeah. But like I said, I, I wish them good luck. I hope they do good. You know. But one thing for sure, you know, we all got to stick together out there. We can't backdoor each other. We can't. Everybody has a thing. We should be supporting each other, right. not stabbing each other in the back or trying to talk dirty to people. This, that, whatever. You know, and then you got PAPW out in uh, yes. Connecticut. Uh, their Diesel Mania going down. They're, they're going to do really well out there and stuff. So realistically, you got four or so events going around in New England. A couple of three, uh, two, two in yeah. two in Mass going down. You got, I mean, uh, two, one in Mass going down, two in Rhode Island, one in Connecticut going down, all on the same night. So there's plenty of room for people to go out and have a good time. And support the independence. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and like I said, when you're in, when you're in there, the, uh, you buy the shirts, buy whatever, support everybody you can in there. If you right. can, if you can't afford it, then whatever, go to the show and have a good time. Yeah, go to the show, have a good time, enjoy yourself. The main thing is oh, oh, somebody's flexing real quick. Somebody just threw a couple of emojis up flexing in That's here, and I don't know. Marco Santiago. Uh, He's the heavyweight champion for New World Wrestling Extreme. Coming in at that last at that last second. But yeah. Tell him, hey, tell him, ask him about boots. Boots is coming for him, I heard. That's men. If he can make it if he can make it down from Buffalo, New York. Hey, you wanna know say hey, you wanna know something too? I heard he's bringing the US government cheese with him. <laughs> Marco oh, Ryan Lefour is saying that Marco sucks, and Marco's is just saying the champ is here. So, guys, there you go. NWW Extreme Saturday night. Check it out. Have a good time. Go down. Have fun. Tell Trooper I sent you. 
Yeah, that's right. And tell Trooper he's got to put the gear on and get back in the ring. We don't want that's Chainsaw. Right. We you want never Trooper know Gilmore. Trooper Gilmore might make an appearance one of these days. You never know. You're, bad. You're in shape, man. You can put the uniform on again. Oh, yeah. I cut down on the donuts, though. There ain't no more donuts. That's you know okay. I mean? Tony Rumble used to have me do that all the time, eating dozens of donuts and drinking creamers and fucking <laughs> coffees and this and that. But we don't do that anymore. I'm a 315-pound guy down to 255 pounds. I ain't eating donuts. Good for yeah. you, man. <laughs> That's but Jimmy, hey, thank you I so like much. I say, man. don't have have a donut here and there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to have a uh, jelly stick once in a while. You know. Yes. Jimmy, thank you, man. Good luck on Saturday. Yeah, thank you, um, JP. I appreciate it, man. It was an awesome time, and we'll get back together again soon up on here and. Talk some more stuff, and I'll tell you some more road stories. Absolutely. All right, JP. Have a good night, man, brother. Thank you, you very much. Right.